Well, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida fun, the greatest podcast ever recorded in the state of Florida. My name is Josh. I'm your host, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of our adventure here in the state of Florida, our adventure together uh, and exploring all the great things that the state of Florida has to offer. Uh, today is Thursday, April 21st, and it's going to be an exciting show. Uh, we have an interview with Chef Sean Noonan from Dharma Southern Kitchens. And we are more than excited to have him join us. And we are very, very excited to have all that happen today. Uh, this is episode 32, and uh, we are more than happy to share that with you. So we're going to find out all about Chef Noonan and Dharma Southern Kitchens and find out what they have to offer and what the uh, you know what you can expect there uh, with them. And we are certainly more than uh, willing to uh, have them join us. So before we do all that, I do want to let you know that uh, you can get a hold of the program anytime you want. We are available by email, and we are available at uh, FloridaFunPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can join us on Twitter. That's at FloridaFun6 on Twitter, on Instagram, and Pinterest. We are available easy enough. It's just at FloridaFunPodcast. Uh, we have you know tweets and re- reels and images and pictures, and we have our Florida Fan series on, on uh, Instagram, uh, those are great guys. Florida Man is absolutely my favorite and he is fantastic. And, uh, we are more than happy to have Florida Man, uh, join us, uh, at any time. But Florida Man is usually getting in trouble somewhere. So we want to, uh, to allow you to, uh, uh learn all about Florida Man. Uh, remember on the Instagram, we also have our Florida Fun Podcast live video series, and that's where you can be a part of our videos. You can see what we're up to. Uh, we did just recently go picking blueberries. And uh, we want you and blueberries and strawberries. We went out to a place in Palatka, uh, a pretty good ride from our house, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So we shared all that with you as well. So we want to invite Chef Sean Noonan to be a part of the program, and we certainly are um, awaiting his arrival. Uh, before then, I want to let you know that there's a lot going on recently um, here in the city of Jacksonville. We are getting ready for uh, uh, the summertime to roll around. We just recently had our Easter holiday. And uh, Easter was a fantastic time, and uh, we are uh, enjoying um, Easter. We enjoyed Easter. It was uh, a lot of fun. Sorry about that. And uh, it certainly was a a great time to have. And uh, we went to to a place in Atlantic Beach called One Ocean. Uh, One Ocean is a fun place to be, and uh, we certainly enjoyed being there. Uh, Their restaurant out there was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was a, a beautiful place, um, and we the restaurant itself was not very busy on Easter morning. It was shocking. Uh, I would have suggest, uh, expected that it would have been a lot busier than it actually was, but it wasn't nearly as busy as it could have been, um, and uh, we are uh, thankful that we were able to go out there. Uh, food was great. Uh, it was a little expensive, and um, we um, were involved uh, having our breakfast out there, and it was very, very nice. It was very beautiful. And uh, we enjoyed being out there. And uh, so, Chef, are you, are you there with us? I'm here. There you are. There you are. Mm. Well, thank you, Chef, for joining us. Uh, Chef Sean Noonan from Dharma Southern Kitchens now joins us on the program. And uh, we certainly thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. I know you're a busy man. You have a lot going on, right? 
I, no, well, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be busy, so no problem over here. Thank you, <laughs> thank, you thank you so much. Chef, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, do I, can I call you Sean? Are you more comfortable with Chef? How, what, what would be the best thing to call you? <laughs> Sean, thank you very much. Sean, absolutely. I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that for you. Tell us a little bit about you. I, I'm, are you a, a Florida man yourself? Are you from the state of Florida? Were you born and raised here? Sort of, kind of. Raised here, not born here. I, was, I grew up an Army brat, so I've, uh, I've lived in a copious amounts of places domestically and uh, a couple places internationally. I moved to Central Florida in 90 and uh, then have bounced back and forth for uh, various uh, career purposes over the course of the last, you know, what would that be, 30, 32 years? So not born here, born in North Carolina, but I, I, I solidly consider myself a Floridian. So you're not a Tar Heel then, is that correct? No, I, I was in North Carolina on an Army base for all like two months. So <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't use that card when it comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, so, Chef, how, how did uh, have you always been a foodie? Has that always been part of your life? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I grew up uh, I'm Irish-Italian. So, you know, if, if, it's, if we're not drinking, we're eating, and if we're not doing, we're both of them at the same time, and I don't know what we're doing. So, <laughs> that sort of started from uh, as, as early as I could have memories. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've always been in the kitchen. Um, I've always been tinkering around. My, my first job was actually a Manhattan bagel. I was 14 years old. I had to get the guidance counselor to sign off on me being able to go in there and put a couple hours in. I've, uh, I've just been in the industry uh, on and off, uh, up until I was about in my mid-20s, and then I'm really committed and said, let's do this full bore. So tell us how Dharma Southern Kitchens, can, tell me about I, I'm not familiar with your restaurant. Um, I, I was refer, you were referred on my show, obviously, and we were more than happy to have you. Um, tell me a little bit about your restaurant. How did it come about? What's the idea behind it? What's the cuisine? Give me kind of the layout of the land there. Well, so, you know, I, I started out, well, you know, not the Manhattan bagel part that we just shit talked about. But when I really buckled down and, and got back into culinary and went to culinary school and started out in Orlando and, um, you know, in that time, this was, you know, 2005 and, and, you know, I'm very open about it. Orlando food was garbage in 2005. Um, it was very Darden focused. Everything was a chain. Um, you know, we hadn't really come into our own yet. And so I, when I went to the Cordon Bleu, in the mid-2000s, I got out of here as fast as I could, and I went to Chicago to finish that degree. Now, Chicago at the time was, what, and still is, you know, a, a culinary mecca. Sure. And I was privileged enough to get into some Michelin-star restaurants, start out as a stage, you know, put in my time, start working the line, and, you know, I, I took off in the fine dining world. Um, that took me to uh, Atlanta, um, Philly, and then also, you know, I was the executive chef of the National Opera in Sofia, Bulgaria. I went international and um, was wow. privileged to cook in Bulgaria. But one thing uh, that had always, um, you know, I've never had any trepidation about eating vegetables. I know for the longest time it was like a faux pas. You know, everybody was running around with, uh, you know, like, well, what was the term? Uh, tail to snout. And, and, you know, chefs were getting pig tattoos on their forearms and things like that and they were you know i don't eat vegetables at all and so <laughs> th that was that was a weird a weird moment in culinary but uh it never affected me so when guests came in and they said well you know um I'm, you know my my partner or whoever's in my party or myself or plant-based or we just want to eat plant-based today uh you know the whole kitchen would, would deep sigh and roll their eyes 
And I would jump right on it. I'd be like, this is great. I get to, you know, try some stuff out. And no one else even knows how to do it. So I just started sort of tinkering around with plant-based cuisines and, and really developing a passion for it. Um, the uh, idea to start Dharma Southern Kitchen, you know, one thing about fine dining is that all the, the glitz and glamour and pomp and circumstance, and your face can be on front of Food and Wine magazine, but there's a there's a disconnect between the kitchen and the consumer. You know, there, there's you know you can't just as a line cook just walk out there and be like, hey, how, how's everything going, and really interact with with the people that you're that you're pouring your heart and soul into. Right. You know? Right. So I, I wanted to get into um, something a little more casual. Um, so I, I I thought of Dharma Southern Kitchen. Because in the South, where you know I do feel um, at home, we 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 eat like trash. Absolute, you know, how many pounds of you know rib barbecue can we take pride in shoving down our faces on a week on a weekend basis? You know, <laughs> we're, we're we're overweight, we're out of shape. It, it's it's not working out. And we're proud of it, Chef. We're proud of it. And that's the thing, yeah, we're proud of it. That's the thing. So, so, but the one thing is that, you know, like our flavor profiles are exceptional. They're so good, you know? Like, you know, you take that barbecue sauce and you're smoking it and you're caramelizing those sugars in the sauce. How can you say no, you know? So right. what I thought was the biggest challenge was to accomplish that, but with vegetables. And okay. And I, I, I've always sort of been attracted to being a little bit of a disruptor. And I really wanted to take a product that was so good that I could break all of these staunch, no veggie meat eaters and just co create more of a collective omnivorous cuisine for the South. You know, my, my goal, I always make this analogy, is that you, know, you, you and your partner, you and your friends, that classic conversation that happens multiple times a week, what are we going to have to eat? And we rifle through these same, you know, eight to 12 different um, styles of cuisine. Uh, are we going to go for sushi? Are, is it going to be Asian, Korean, uh, Vietnamese, pho, barbecue? But nobody says plant-based. And it's because the, the cuisine hasn't really been able to impress people in the last 40 years since veganism was a thing. You know, we're, we're barely outside of the, um, you know, maybe five or six years where you know, you'd go to places like that and it would all be smoothies and carrot sticks and hummus wraps and people trying to put whole grains wrapped up in a collard green leaf and tell me that that was food. You know, like that it was, it was uh, atrocious. Right. So what I, what I want to do is I want to, I want to get that cuisine as part of that dialogue. I want people to be able to say, Hey, let's go get vegan food. And the rest of the people in the room don't go, uh, what just happened? <laughs> you know, why, why did you say that out loud? You know, like, are you okay? So, um, did we really agree to that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with that, that's that's my that is my goal. And Dharma Southern Kitchen is my medium. So you know, we take the same savory profiles. You know, the the, the Meyer reaction, the caramelization of sugars that leach out of various, you know, not even proteins but also veggies. Um, you know, we caramelize our sauces. We're we're cooking fried green tomatoes. We're mimicking pulled pork with jackfruit. You know, really trying to you know. Texas toast, heavily buttered, salt and pepper, you know, all those great things that make Southern cuisine. But, you know, it's 2022. We should be able to do these things in a more sustainable fashion. And that sort of was what I wanted to showcase. We've been really lucky that the general community has just, you know, 
been more than supportive. And we don't go a day in any of our locations without hearing in the distance somebody turning to somebody else at a table and going, hey, did, did you know? Did you know that this is vegan? <laughs> so wow. that's, that's, that's my goal. That's my absolute. When I hear those things, that, that just that sets my world alight. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That is fantastic. So, Chef, I, I was looking over your bio on the website, and you had a very interesting road to getting where you are. Tell me about being a trucker. How did that come about? So they, that, that's, that's a, that was a very cool part of my life. Um, it had to sort of do with that transition out of fine dining. I was in Atlanta at the time, and I was working at this uh, sort of like cafe diner. And it was also ran by a fine dining chef that was sort of trying to do the same thing. He just wanted to tone it down. Um, take the same cooking principles, not dumb down the food, but just be able to be more approachable and more affordable. And so in Atlanta, that was going really well, um, but I needed to make the transition to owning a place. I, 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 have, a, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, Prior to even this life in culinary, I in my early 20s, I had a separate company doing an entirely different uh, area of commerce. Um, sold that to go to culinary school. And after I sort of really got my teeth into what it means to run a kitchen and you know where, where our margins are and how those numbers look, I wanted to be the person in charge of the ship. Now, you know, everybody wants to start a restaurant. It's like one of the most common things, you know. So, but there's a significant price tag to even starting the most basic of a restaurant. Absolutely. So I, needed, I needed to drum up some funds. And, you know, working in the kitchen wasn't going to be the way to do it. So I decided to drive an 18-wheeler. I sold everything that I owned. And for three years, I lived in a truck. And I did four, all 48 states, coast to coast, parts of Canada and Mexico. Uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I was blessed to be able to see every nook and cranny of this great country, see the different cultures and cuisines and accents and landscapes and sunsets. It was Absolutely an amazing experience. Once I had sort of accomplished my own goal, um, I, I came back to Orlando, where you know my heart has always sort of been. And we started out initially just taking over a hot dog cart. It was called the, called the Vegan Hot Dog Cart. It's been in Orlando since 1997. We're celebrating its 25th year anniversary this wow. year, actually. Where um, we just opened up a brick and mortar with a full menu on Orange Avenue. Uh, so, you know, Google that, vegan hot dog cart, Orange Avenue, come on out for lunch. Um, and we transitioned the cart into a trailer. Well, um, the trailer did really well at farmer's markets locally. We were able to pivot that into a brick and mortar, and now we have four. So, and we, we, have, we have more on the horizon. Wow, that's that's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm looking at your your bio and and I'm looking at all the things you did. Now, you just gave me so much information. You said you went to all 48 states. Which of those was the most influential as far as your cooking? I mean, did you get a little bit from everything? Was there one place that you said this is what I want to do because this is the food that I had here? Well, I, I definitely still like we're a southern cuisine brand for sure. So, okay. You know, bouncing around, but you know, it was funny. You know, you get into those little back. Back area parishes in Louisiana that I would have no business being at for any mm -hmm. purpose and driving an 18-wheeler through it. Little, you know, convenient, roadside convenience stores. You pick, pick up, you know, what the, what the hell is Boudin in, you know, over in this area? How, how do, what's the difference between Kansas City barbecue and North Carolina barbecue? How do they do their fried green tomatoes all over the, all over the various diners throughout the South? So it, definitely the South to answer your question. And, okay. You know, 
not to say you pick up things from other places at all, but I'm not learning how to fry a green tomato up in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> where'd the name Dharma Southern Kitchen? I mean, obviously the Southern influence. Where'd the name Dharma come from? What is, is that a reference to something? So I've always sort of, uh, you know, I've, I've been to India and um, I, uh, I've spent many, 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 many hours in various uh, temples throughout the country. And I've always had a, uh, a draw towards Eastern philosophy. The concept of Dharma is, you know, in, in the many paths of reincarnation, to find your Dharma is one of the main milestones while you're on this journey to eventually attaining, uh, you know, this extraterrestrial nirvana presence where you can just hang out with God and everybody's happy. Um, but right now we're, we're working is what the, what the concept is. Now, one of the milestones to know that you've gotten somewhere is to know what your purpose is here. And that's your dharma. Okay. Your, purpose, your dharma is to, um, you know, be a farmer. But you're an accountant. You're going to have a miserable life because you haven't found your dharma. You need to be what your dharma dictates. So I felt that by finding or, or by tackling southern cuisine in a uh, sustainable and conscious fashion, that was such a unique idea, and, and it took off so quickly that I said to myself, you know what, this is, this is my dharma. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to affect people positively through cuisine. And that's, that's, that's what I do. That is fantastic. So your mission has basically become how you backed your way into where you are. You always knew you had a drive. You always knew you had a goal. And so now this is kind of your focus. This is where you are, and you're affecting people's lives by the food that you give them. That's, that's unbelievable. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I positively affect them. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job. So where are your locations right now, Chef? So we've got two in Orlando. One's in uh, on South Street in a wonderful district called the Milk District. Um, that was our original location, Dharma Southern Kitchen at Market on South. We just opened up uh, the vegan hot dog cart by Dharma Southern Kitchen on Orange Avenue. So that's uh, right at the corner of Washington and Orange. You can find all of these on social media, especially our Instagram page. We really rock and roll on that. We also have a location in Tampa in a food hall called Armature Works, right on the river. Beautiful location. And we're actually expanding our Tampa location to a brick and mortar with a full liquor bar, hopefully by the end of the year. Wow. Uh, and our fourth location is in Sanford, Florida. Um, Sanford, Florida is on the northeast tip of the Orlando area. And we're in a food hall up there called Henry's Depot. Fantastic. And I know Sanford's not very far. My uncle actually lived in Sanford for a while. I have family there, so I know exactly where that is. Beautiful town. So, Chef, you're in one of my favorite places in the entire world. You're in Orlando. I lived there for about 17 years, met my wife, had my kids, um, worked in the theme parks. What's your, what's your favorite thing to do there when you're not working? My favorite thing to do in Orlando when I'm not working while I sleep? That answer, because <laughs> that's, that's a rarity. Um, I like to get out into the nature aspect of things. You know, that's sort of uh, it, well, that's not true. Every now and then, I get an urge and I do the tourist stuff. I absolutely do. It's usually around the holidays. You know, I'll I'll go over to the tourist side of Orlando and just get cheesy, cheesy. Um, but in general, you know, we've got wonderful hiking trails. We've got amazing springs. We've got amazing wildlife, and you only have to go about 15 miles outside the city center. And you can really start getting into things. I like collecting various local plants. I'm a big plant guy. Um, so I, I, I need to touch base with nature and really reconnect. Do you use those plants that you collect in your meals? Do you use them in your food or just for like at your home or what do you, what do, you do with them? 
Well, for the most part, they are decorative more home house plants that would be collected. Okay. The foraging in Orlando is tricky. We're not really in a zone where we have a ton of mushrooms or a ton of uh, flora that can be uh, considered edible. Um, it, it's just a tricky concept. But we we go out every now and then. We find some cool things. But when I lived in like the Atlanta in the North Georgia mountains, oh my gosh, that foraging was a way of life over there. We'd cook whole meals with what we could find in the middle of the day. That's amazing. Just living off the land. I mean, that's really what the podcast is about is, you know, those fun things to see and do in the state of Florida. And thank you for, for spending the time with us um, and, and being able to enjoy Florida, being able to do, oh, yeah, we do the theme park thing, SeaWorld, Universal, Disney. We do all that. But it's you know, more of the springs, the natural Florida. You know, we go to the Florida Museum of Natural History. We, we, we just went to Gainesville. Uh, we've been to uh, we vacation in Venice, Florida, down the ocean down there. We see the you know the sea turtle nests and all that kind of stuff. So so it definitely what you're talking about is exactly what the podcast is, is talking about as well. So that's fantastic. Um, so chef, every time we have an episode, we have what's called trivia time, and I have kind of an unusual oh, trivia question for you. Would you like to take a shot at it? See if you can get it right. I'm never gonna say no to a challenge. Let's see what happens. All right, here we go. Today's trivia time brought to you by 904outfitters.com. They are a sponsor of the show. Thank you to my friend Annette from 904outfitters.com. 904outfitters.com, love the life you live. Love your life here in the Florida area, the 904 area. Um, if you would like to get your gear at 904outfitters.com, be sure to use our promo code FloridaFun15. Get 15% off your online order. Tell them that you heard it here on the Florida Fun Podcast. All right, Chef, here we go. Trivia time. Bradenton, Florida's South Florida Museum once was the home to the largest collection of what? Was it A, fingernail clippings, B, earwax, C, fossilized poop, or D, celebrity body hair? Which one of those do you think was the correct answer? I'm going to go with fingernail clippings. Fingernail clippings, Chef says. We will find out. A little bit later, after a little bit more of a discussion, Chef might be right. We'll see if he's right. Uh, Chef, uh, it's uh, interesting talking to you. I, I really appreciate you spending the time with us. What is your favorite item to make in your restaurant? Is there one? Yeah, it's probably green tomatoes. You know, it, uh, I don't know what it is about it. It's the color. It's the consistency. It's the process. All of it. You know, we do a very unique version of it. You know, a lot of times we use green tomatoes. They're, they're pre-breaded, they're frozen in other places, and then they're thrown in a deep fryer. When you freeze a tomato, you destroy the cellular structure. It just turns into mushy nonsense. Sure. So, you know, we take actual green tomatoes, mostly locally grown. We can get them. We fit cut them. So, we're you know, this is a half-inch slice. And, you know, panko bread them. And when you get it, you get this, you know, sort of oily panko deep fry exterior. And then you get this acidic crunch from the interior, when it's seasoned correctly or dipped in some sauce, I'm in hot heaven. So that, that, the fried green tomato is absolutely probably my favorite thing that we do. Um, and I think that's one of the more unique things that are on our menu because, again, most, most, most companies aren't really going through the, the headache of sourcing legit green tomatoes and, and treating them um, like they should be. They just get you know, the pre-bagged stuff. But our, 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 our mocked up fried chicken is a close, close second. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take our fried chicken over Popeye's or KFC any day. I think it tastes better. It's got more consistency to it. I think our crunch is better. 
our seasoning is better, but you know, we're, we're, we're local, we're, we're making it from scratch in house. Not a, not a big, big national brand. So maybe that's why there's our secret sauces just in caring about it. Now, how do you make vegan fried chicken? What is that? Tell me about that. Well, we get a cool product. It's a soy based product. Um, we actually found this product in Sweden of all places. So wow. I worked it, I worked it out with this company to come out and, and they're, um, they're, uh, they're selling us this, this soy based product. And okay. it, it just it just has a appropriate texture. It's stringy, it's flaky, um, and also you know light and airy. Um, unlike a majority of you know plant based pre made products, which are basically just you know giant lumps of gluten that people will go, oh here's a here's a vegan ribeye steak. I'm like man, come on, that's <laughs> you're hurting me now. Now I'm someone's gonna try that out, and then now they're gonna not want to eat plant based stuff anymore because you, you sure trick them on the on the you know the vegan ribeye. Right, um, right, right. So, but after that, you know, once you get the interior texture down, it's all about how you bread and treat and, you know, what's your, what's your secret, you know, herbs and spices and what's your process and, you know, it's, throw some cornflakes in there to get some good crispiness and we're rocking and rolling. You know, we even put it in an old school southern chicken box, so, you know, like that, that uh, classic chicken That's box. cool. Yeah, we get a little biscuit in there, we, we put in agave thyme glaze on top of it, you get a little side of mac and cheese and couple pieces of chicken and you can just walk around doing your thing so i grew up on that kind of stuff so we really wanted to bring it back so chef i'm a sweets guy if i was to go to your restaurant what could you tempt me with what sweet sweet sugary sweet things do you have there oh well so we've got a whole we've teamed up with an entire um you know plant-based bakery called bahala bakery they literally have an entire case of cakes brownies cupcakes donuts Bars, you, you you mention it, and we've got it. So you know you, you got you, you should come down. We've got a whole thing going on. And even in our auxiliary locations, you know we try to make sure that we've got cookies, brownies, cupcakes, and a couple other sort of unique Southern specialties on hand at all times. We're really, really that's part of Southern cuisine is what comes after. Right, know? right. So we, we 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 definitely know that we need to highlight that, and I think we're doing a good job at it. It's that second step. It's it's getting in there, getting the smell in your nose, enjoying that that pre-flavor, that pre-taste, getting the meal, and then going, all right, what sweet am I going to have after this meal is finally over? I've been looking forward to it the entire time. Am I going to have a brownie? Am I going to have a cupcake? What am I going to have? Well, I think I think our cuisine is so heavy that what you really need is the sugar boost to get up from the table. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more about digestion and being able to actually move after you've, you know, slammed a couple of your barbecue sandwiches or whatnot. Chef, are there any plans to expand? Are you looking at that right now? And if you did, where yeah. would you expand to? Oh yeah, well, expansion is number one thing on our list. You know, we sort of, we sort of put expansion on the back burners during COVID. Um, you know, we were primed for it. We're sure. Twenty twenty, and then that, when that happened, you know, we just went into. Uh, Certain, you know, almost survival mode there for about two years. And uh, a couple months ago, we, we decided, okay, you know what? Um, you know, we know that there's going to be new strands and, and there's going to be some curveballs coming down the road. But what we've gained is the ability to adapt to it. We know how to deal with these things now, as opposed to it being complete chaos of you know, 800 different, you know, bipartisan opinions being thrown at you from every direction. You know, we know how to run our business in today's day and age. So we said, you know, it's time to grow. So, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, we're going to put another location in Tampa, expand that footprint. We're looking at uh, Disney area, you know, Taurus, Orlando. That is a whole market that, you know, we would love to be a part of. I was just in Gainesville two days ago looking at locations. So we're, 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 we're marching. We're marching along. Chef, we could use you in Jacksonville. 
I'm just just I, doing. I, I tell you, the, 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 the Low Country expansion. I'm telling you, man. I got St. Augustine, Jacksonville, Savannah, Charleston, all in one shot. Give me two years. Yeah, well, I'm just throwing that out there, Chef. We could use some good vegan restaurants here in Jacksonville. I'm just just right. just throwing that light out there for you. Do what you want with it, but but that's definitely yours. I got my eye on five points. Trust me. Very good. Very good. What what's the hardest part about running your own restaurant? The hardest part. The biggest challenge that you face. The biggest challenge. Consistency. Consistency across the brand. You know, you've got different hands, different opinions, at different times, using somewhat different products in, in different towns. And to create a consistent product for that guest is a entire skill set that you know that's not something that you learn. In culinary school, it's not something that you learn working at a singular fine dining location. But how do we get mac and cheese to knock everybody's socks off? It, you know, it, Tampa all the way to Sanford, which for intents and purposes, let's say is 200 miles apart, and they're they're selling it as we speak right now. How does that maintain that consistency across the brand? So we work very hard with our culinary direction to make sure all our staff is trained, that they, you know, because we have people that come in and you know, they don't know knife skills, they don't know flavor profiles. Sure, absolutely. We're, we're happy to show them, you know, we're like, okay, well, if you want if you want to be part of our team, then let's start going over the basics. And then, you know, people get really proud about now knowing those things. This is a life skill that you can take home. Now that you know how to Absolutely. You know, so. Um, Dumb question, Chef, are you hiring right now? Chef, you still with me? Our guest today is Chef Sean Noonan of Dharma Southern Kitchen. Chef, you still with me? I am. There you go. Chef, dumb question. I'm sure every restaurant out there is. Are you are, are you hiring right now? Are you looking for help? Are you looking for people to help you grow? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're always hiring for the right people. Um, you know, we, we never stop hiring. If you're the right candidate and you want to be part of our brand um, and you've got the right reasons, you know, we the number one thing that we look for, and it's, it's the intro to all of our onboarding, is you just have to be a good person. That is number one thing to work for our company. Absolutely. We can work with that, with any, whatever your skill set after that, as long as you are just a good person. If you've never asked yourself that before, ask yourself it. It's an important question. Absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Chef, could, could you train a guy like me to be successful in a restaurant like you? You got it. You start tomorrow. <laughs> Fantastic. Chef, what are, you, what are you looking forward to the most with your restaurants? What's, what's the future hold for you? so that we can just start having a bigger global impact. Uh, you know, we really want to be able to have the, the size of the scale and size of our sales in order to sort of start saying, you know, how much water are we saving versus a more traditional omnivorous diet by, you know, pushing out 3,000 plant-based meals in an afternoon? You know, what, what's our actual global effect? That's really what I'm looking for. In addition to that, we have our own 501c3 called the Florida Dharma Foundation. We collect rounded up option or rounded up donations at the register. And the larger our footprint is, the more rounded up donations we acquire, which is the bigger impact that we can have through our charitable arm and all of the various communities that we have locations. So we're really looking to grow in order to be able to create that whole give back and what our effect is. You know, wh why do we do this? Why do we wake up on a daily basis and go to work? You know, and, and you know, we, there's common answers, you know, well, we got, I've got a mortgage, or I've got rent, or I've got bills, and this, that, and the other thing. That's, you know, what we all do. 
But I don't want to. I don't really want to add on to that. My effect on this world. I want to one day when I when I depart from this planet. I want to. I want to get, say that I took the best shot possible to, to make it better than when I came. And that, that that's what drives me on a daily basis. Absolutely, absolutely, Chef. It's absolutely been a pleasure. Uh, we learned so much about you and about your restaurant and about what you're trying to do here. How do people get a hold of you? How, what, what's your what's your presence online? How do they get a hold of you? Your restaurants, your locations. Tell us how the, the listeners can get a hold of you. I think that the, the easiest way is uh, you know we put a lot of effort in our Instagram, Dharma Southern Kitchen on Instagram. You know we've got constant uh, media monitoring of that site. That's definitely where our, all our most recent updates live. Um, you know that's 100 percent. Instagram. You know, most people would say, oh, well, Facebook, we have Facebook also. We've got a website, but Instagram, Dharma Southern Kitchen. Give us a follow and stay in tune. Fantastic. Chef, we're going to see the answer to the end of our trivia question. You ready for the answer? See if you're right. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. All right. I'm going to read it one more time. So, Bradenton, Florida's South Florida Museum was once the home to the largest collection of what? Kind of a gross answer to be talking about food and this at the same time, but here we go. Uh, A, fingernail clippings, B, earwax, C, fossilized poop, or D, celebrity body hair. Which one did you think was the right answer, Chef? Uh, we went with nails. Fingernail clippings. 1,277 guano clusters fossilized into what was called coprolite or fossilized poop. So it's C, fossilized poop. They were assisted by the Florida Museum of Natural History in Gainesville, and it was declared by the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, this article was in the Tampa Bay Times. So it was C, fossilized poop. If you at home guess fossilized poop, A, there you go. Correct answer. Chef, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. We really enjoyed having you. You are more than welcome to come back and visit us anytime. Um, if you want to get a hold of Chef Noonan and his restaurants, you want to check them out online, Instagram.com forward slash Dharma Southern Kitchen. To be involved in the Dharma, Florida Dharma Foundation, uh, get a hold of them. Let them know that you want to be a part of that. Uh, they're always hiring. Uh, you want to get a hold of them as well and let them know that you want to learn to be a vegan chef. You want to learn to be just like Chef Noon, and you want to be able to learn those skills. Uh, chef, anything you want to say to us before you go? No, I'm just very appreciative for having us on. Now, now I knew, I knew to learn a new Florida fact, so I became more Floridian today. <laughs> thank you. Chef, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, thank you for being a part of the podcast. This is going to call this an episode. Uh, we want to thank Chef Sean Noonan for being a part of the, the uh, podcast, and we hope that he has a fantastic day. Guys, you can always get a hold of us anytime. Uh, we are available online at uh, FloridaFunPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's going to be the end of our episode. Get a hold of us as well uh, at FloridaFunPodcast on Gmail, FloridaFun6 on Twitter. Uh, we're also going to be available on Instagram.com, and we're going to be available on Pinterest at FloridaFunPodcast. Remember, you can always be a part of the show. You can get a hold of us. Tell us what you want to do. Chef, enjoy the rest of your day. We certainly appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get out there and have some Florida fun, and we'll definitely see you out there.